I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here at Guitarnerds, we're big fans of Isotope Software and their impressive range of plugins. And you, dear listener, get 10% off all Isotope plugins at isotope.com with discount code NERDS10. Every Guitar Nerds podcast for well over five of its ten years has been edited, polished, and repaired using Isotope's wonderful range of tools. From their neck to sweet to EQ, compress, and lightly add reverb to give the impression that Matt and I are in the same room, to the RX repair suite to deal with pops, clicks, and background noise. In fact, every sound sample that you hear on our podcast is mastered using Isotope's Ozone Mastering Suite, and I can even compare audio, EQ, and levels to other similar released material using Isotope's Tonal Recall. It's all very good, and believe it or not, there are a bunch of free plugins that you can try. A vinyl simulator for added character, the Ozone Imager for help visualising your stereo mix, and a vocal doubler for added richness and depth to your vocals. Pretty neat. Check it all out at isotope.com. Matt, I, uh, I want to give you some advice this week before we start the podcast. Okay. Hit me. Uh, well, it's, you should never date a tennis player because love means nothing to them. Oh. What's <laughs> there at the beginning, Mr. Branton? Yes. Oh, I, I tell you what, this is the best thing we've ever done on the podcast is introduce dad jokes at the start. I've been getting some great suggestions. I've had some good ones through that none that have quite, but I think maybe I just really like finding my own ones, but I have had some good ones. I enjoyed this one. Uh, Eric Hemmer sent me this one recently. He said, uh, um, uh, why couldn't the pony finish singing his song? He was a little horse. So obvious. There you go. There you go. I <laughs> thought it was good. I thought that, that that you could you could laugh there, Matt. That was a good joke. Uh, it's 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 tough. That's yeah. tough. Well, I had I had a good one the other day. Just before you introduced the podcast, uh-huh. I asked my dog what two minus two was. It said nothing. Matt, that was the first one I ever did on this <laughs> podcast. It? Yeah, <laughs> I can't I believe you've forgotten like already. Episodes ago, <laughs> uh, oh. and I didn't hear it from you. I heard it from someone else. Uh, well, there you go. Oh, well. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. 
Oh, yes. Oh, come on. These oh. are, this is, I'd like to think you, dear listener, at least you, dear listener, were laughing away, cackling away at the, at the top of your voice to some of these uh, incredible jokes, these dadgad jokes that we're doing here on the Guitar Nerds podcast. Welcome, dear listener. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast. I am your host, Joe Branson, joined this week, finally, by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. It's been too long. How many weeks has it been? It has been a couple of weeks. Now, it wasn't always you. It was uh, it was me uh, because I had to rearrange a couple of things over the last couple of weeks. And I think you you couldn't do a couple of the days. But, uh, but yes. You're on it, tour, which I guess you spoke about in a previous episode that I did. We did. Actually, I had Philip Philip Carter from 40 Watt Podcast. He's done like four episodes this season, which is loads. Um, uh, I mean, he's just, he's great. I love how contrary he is. So it's uh, it's always nice to have someone uh you know some someone not afraid to speak their mind on the podcast uh, a little different voice nice yes. tone to that voice too exactly that nice sort of mississippi edge um mm. but uh but yeah we we didn't speak about it that much we spoke about it a bit i won't go into it too much because dear listener obviously you know by the time this is coming out it's a day late this week nam is in full flow at the points that this podcast is coming out so we've got loads of new products that we want to talk about because some of them are extremely exciting despite the fact that it is obviously a smaller nam a lot of brands not there a lot of people not releasing stuff you know it was it was always the case with nam that people would you know we've spoken about it on the podcast before matt you and i about the fact that ibanez would announce everything like 50 new guitars at nam but those guitars wouldn't be available in october until october you know and it was it was it's always difficult for brands to actually keep up with nam and release things and i i noticed that this year sweetwater you know being the massive leviathan of a of a, a, a retailer that they, they are, have simply said they're not going to stock stuff that doesn't exist anymore. You know, they're just going to do, if stuff's announced, it has to also be available. They don't want to do this messing around where there's eight months between a brand saying, here's a new thing, and then, you know, the thing that's actually being available, which I think is great. That's good. Yeah, I when think- I hear about a product, I want to be able to buy it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, ultimately, we are driven by impulsiveness most of the time um certainly when it comes to guitar related things uh and i think you know nam nam historically was always the time of the year where you as a dealer would go there and order everything for the year you know you would have a sales rep that would probably come around but that was that was everything and that's just not the case now because you can launch anything at any time yeah um and i think you know Roland boss aren't there i don't think fender are there i don't think gibson are there i don't think Korg are there maybe i did see a list so it's going to be interesting i had totally forgotten um that it was actually this week it's you know something that historically as guitar nerds we've always sort of yeah <laughs> Spoke about for weeks before and weeks <laughs> after, but actually yeah, exactly. I've forgotten. And I keep seeing new stuff pop up in various places, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of new stuff coming out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Nam. <laughs> it's because it's Nam, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's Nam. So, uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm sad not to be in the um, spring sun yeah. in Anaheim. Um, but uh, maybe next time. Uh, I don't I don't mind too much not being there, to be honest. But, but um, and, and, you know, 
with regards to NAM and how it's going, I've always been tried to be a little cautious on the podcast about how how we talk about it because I don't want to stir any pots or anything. But since old uh, old Mister Disney, who runs Fender, has uh, put out an article saying why <laughs> how NAM would have to change to get Fender back there, I feel like it's kind of you know, open season on NAM at the moment. People can mm. <laughs> people it, can talk. Um, about it. Yeah, it's yeah. There was another interview, wasn't there? I think he. I can't remember where he was talking about it, but. No, uh, yeah, Fender Gibson PRS aren't there um, in terms of... Uh, terms are, of those are the there big are ones. Lots, there are lots of other new things um, happening this very podcast that we will discuss. But, um, yeah, I, you know, in some ways I hope it does go back to, to how it was and there's lots of brands there and it's cool to hang out for a few days. But um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what this show is like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see. We'll see how far we get through talking about some of these things. But like the few things that I've taken note of are like a Bluetooth adjustable pickup selectors from Seymour Duncan, new Sterling guitars, expanded Sterling guitars. We've got the new UA pedals. They've expanded that incredibly successful range of pedals again. The Earthquaker Devices new chorus pedal, Mooga Fuga plugins, that's not quite new, but they're on sale. The Walrus Audio Fundamental range, like a budget slider-based range of effects. The Headrush Prime, a massive, massive multi-effect with a great touchscreen interface. And JHS and Electroharmonics teaming up to make the, the Lizard Queen. That, you know, that's that's just... That's just the the tip of the iceberg. We've got all those amazing new squires. Squire releasing new finishes. Um, have you seen Have you seen those, Matt? Did it? Did, I mean, we won't talk about them just yet. But did you see some of those new 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 colors and new guitars? A new Sonic series instead of yeah. Affinity for Squire. I think that's amazing. They've got like a a couple of new colors. The blue I think is called California blue, um, which I assume. Uh, that means that the guitar is blue and it won't be very heavy because it's a light blue. Oh, here it goes. There you go. I'm working them in to the episode as we go. But anyway, yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. That wasn't very good. I am super keen to buy the Sonic HT-H Strat. Uh, in flash pink, which is their single humbucker, uh, Squire uh, Strat, in yeah. the brightest, best it's, pink I've ever. You, seen. you like that pink? It's it's a bit like a lipstick pink, but a bit more. I don't know, Matt. These colours do look budget to me. Like uh, they're not. There's nothing subtle, and there's nothing metallic, and that tends to be what things are. They're either bold colours, but with a metallic edge to sort of soften that, or they're light colors like pastel versions of colors and those two things are successful but these are just bold colors they're like kids coloring book colors mm, i like that I like <laughs> yeah although <fine. laughs> um I, annoyingly i don't think you can buy any of them yet i mean it says notify me when available coming soon on the fender website oh. um but yeah i i'm i, I think that prediction for the future i wonder if those affinities will end up once they get when they get replaced 
they'll be worth they'll be like a hello kitty they'll be worth loads of money because well it, i i having never seen a sonic i don't know if it's a rebadging or if it's changing things because you know when uh when player came out and everyone was like oh they're charging 200 pounds extra for a mexican standard they weren't because they were nothing like a mexican standard they had lacquered necks they had you know specifically vintage voice pickups they had much better colors the mm. hardware was a step up everything about the players was a step up and that's why the, there was the price difference the affinity range had got good. Like it was much better than it was when we were kids and buying that series yeah. of guitars. They'd started actually like the, the next weren't so rough. They'd start giving them a light lacquering. You know, I, I saw, I, I, I toured with a band called by curious in Ireland and their guitarist had an affinity strat as his backup, which he had to use one night when he broke a string halfway through his set on his, uh, like a American standard. And I was like, this, you, considering the massive price difference between those two instruments, I was like, this really sounds great. Like this guitar, you know, I'm sure it wasn't as comfy to play. I'm sure there were, you know, I'm sure there were things about it, but I was like this. And I played it when, you know, we were, you know, sort of just sitting around sound checking and stuff. And I was like, this affinity stress. And it's the first affinity I've probably picked up since I was 18. And I was like, oh, this is actually really, really quite good. So I'd be interested to see whether the Sonic is an upgrading or because those prices are pretty competitive if they're going to take away mm. maybe some of the things that had made so good about the affinity. I don't know either way yet, but I'll be interested. I, um, I like especially that I'm, I'm assuming that they took this picture, but there's a picture of uh, the pink one next to like a flowery background. Um, <laughs> and it just looks, it looks wicked. I, I reckon that right. uh, get a little EMG in that. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, I think for 100 and, 149 pounds, I think that could be a very good, cool guitar to sort of mod and mess around with. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen on yeah. that Sonic series. And yeah, that was that was almost felt like the kickstart of a lot of other stuff sort of happening, really. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been an awful, an awful lot of awesome stuff. Uh, speaking of EMG, Matt, I've just made a new EMG purchase. Um, off of the back of actually kind of seeing this video on Instagram by this bassist who has become a friend of mine, a guy called Matt Parker. I'm going to get him down to Ashdown to shoot some videos. He's a great bass player. He he has some amazing gear. Uh, really nice fella. And he plays, his main bass is a, a, a Viren Saku bass, obviously, Matt. Cool. So, you know, nice. You know, you know Saku, friends, friends of the podcast. Um, and he has a short-scale five-string offset double thunderbird pickup uh bass like it's it's the most ridiculous thing it's like a it's like olympic white with um like a sonic blue speed stripe on the on the lower upper body bit It's, it's very cool but he also has loads of great loads of great other bases and he uploaded this video of him retrofitting an emg the j system uh, solderless set into an 89 Fiesta Red Maple Necked Jazz Bass. And I was like, oh, this is a great idea. So it's it comes with the, the set is £179. You get your two EMG jazz pickups and you get the con- the jazz bass control plate. So with, with the three controls, with everything loaded in and it's solderless, so you just connect things. So, so you can do <laughs> the pickups. Sorry, 
ideally the pickups yeah. you're like pick anything i'm like well you know so ideally, I just, yeah you, you they just they just click into place you know essentially so any layman can do it and you can get top quality emg pickups in your jazz bass and i've i've got um i've got a show coming up in copenhagen that we've got to fly to and uh, and and basically bases are now uh, so uh, EasyJet changed their restrictions. Um, they've changed the the height limit. If you want to buy a seat for your guitar, it now has to sit on the seat and be able to be strapped in. Really? And the distance wow. between the top of the seat and the seat is not as tall as a bass hard case. And I, I could maybe take it in a soft case and take the neck off, but if there's any problems and they want it to go in the hold, I then have to put a soft case in the hold. So I want to take it in a hard case, which means it can't go on the plane anyway. Right. So I've got to put it in the hold. And so I was like, well, I don't want to take an, a super expensive thing. I have fears about stuff. I'm getting grilled by the rest of my band for this, but yeah, I don't really want to put, I don't trust a, a, you know, an, a, an airline that charged me 40 quid to fly somewhere, I don't trust them. Mm. <laughs> if if they cost five hundred pounds, yeah. I would trust them. But at forty pounds, I do not trust them with my gear in the hold. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to take one of my one of my Ashdown bases that I I like. It was one of the prototypes. I'm not saying that that base is bad, by the way. It's a great base, but it was a uh, you know, <laughs> but it, it, it like it cost me very very little money because it was a prototype and it was sort yeah, of hard sure. gifted to me by them. And uh, so I was like, well, I, you know, I'm not too fussed. If this one breaks, I can probably order another neck off of the Ashdown, uh, the the company building the bases for Ashdown. So it's it's you know it's not the end of the world, but it is budget. You know, these bases are going to retail at two nine nine, and I find the pickups just a little bit single coily, a little noisy, a little toppy, not not sort of rounded enough where I want them. Mm-hmm. And look at this for 179 pounds. I don't even need to be, have to solder. I can just get this set and drop it straight in and turn this budget base into an EMG loaded awesome powerhouse. Go full, uh, full guy Pratt. Yeah, well, <laughs> is that, well, uh, I have I have EMGs. I have a nice set of EMGs in my uh, in my main jazz base, so this wouldn't be too far from it. Have you ever thought about that, Matt, getting like a little drop-in EMG set for anything? Has EMG ever been on your radar? 100%. I mean, there is one guitar player, Joe, who uh, epitomised ultimate 90s tone. Right. Uh, And that is, of course, David Gilmore. So... you know, in 19, where was it? After his first solo tour, which was mid-80s, he retired the Blackstrat and that went to the Hard Rock Cafe in Texas. Right. I think. Um, And he played, for the longest time, he then played a 57 reissue Strat. Yeah, the Red Strat. The custom set of David Gilmore EMGs in it. And I've always, and that's where the lace sensor thing comes from as well. Is I've always wanted a set of um, Dave Gilmore EMG pickups in a in a strap, but I don't didn't know he had signature EMGs. Actually, yeah, that's passed me by. You can still buy them. Uh, EMG David Gilmore signature. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can still buy them. They you can buy a loaded plate right now, purloined <laughs> uh, plate with the cream humbuckers, or you can buy a black plate with white humbuckers. 
for 279 uh, great British pounds. Um, and if I had a guitar that I could put that in, I absolutely would. <laughs> I've got I've got a jet strat that's just got a humbucker in the bridge and a single in the neck. I bet it's swimming pool rooted underneath. If it if is, I should, yeah, I wonder if I should do this. Because um, I uh, I had a custom shop strap for a while, which I put some David Gilmore inspired pickups in, and I put a black plate with the white pickups on, and it just looked so good. Um, and yeah, this is preloaded, and obviously it's soldless, so all you have to do is just clip in the um, clip in the output jack. Yes, yes, to this. Why isn't this everything now? Why isn't everyone using EMG pickups now? Well, I think people have the wrong idea about EMG pickups. That's huh. the problem. A lot of people go, oh, they're high output, they're soulless or whatever, but they just have a character of their own. Um, yeah. In fact, I-, I would say that they emphasise the character of your guitar more so because of the way that they are they are built. And obviously they cancel a lot more noise and they're silent, which is reading this this recent interview, well, reading this article, which is recent, but the some of the put, bits they pulled in from were taken from older articles. Um, you know, he was just like, when we were touring with a big rig, everything was really noisy, loads of lights, you know, people cared about it, didn't care about it in the 70s, there's nothing you could do about it. And then, you know, once you get into like huge stadium touring in the 90s, they were like, yeah. we've cut that out now. And he was just like, they sounded really good. Um, and it gives you, you know, because they're active, you can do a lot more with it. The DG20 set comes with the guitar expander, um, which then you can boost or cut treble and bass frequencies as well. Um, so you can actually, you know, really notch up the sound of a strap and emphasize that sound more where you can cut it less so you can still get a great strat sound i mean for me if it's good enough for david gilmore it's good enough for for me and now yeah. the more i talk about it the more i'm like i'm gonna have to buy a cheap strat and these <laughs> and yes let's um, do it let's do it two seven nine oh you can buy them different oh you can actually get a left-handed version as well which is 300 quid is is a, is a chunk of money but i bet it's great like you know, a lot of signature pickups. You know, I've want, I I thought the Fishman Fluent pickups for Telly sounded really good. The Greg the Greg Cock one oh, sounded they were really they were good. so good. Um, so you know, I'm sort of like, well, you know, that's what you pay for a set of pickups, and this is all pre wired on a a plate and ready to go. Um, yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. And then I guess you put the battery. I don't know where the battery clips in. Actually, I'm guessing it goes in mm. the cavity. It go must go in the trem cavity. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but I yeah, really, I really have to. <laughs> I really have to squeeze like my control plate on my jazz bass that already has an EMG on there that doesn't have the preloaded um, the control cavity. I just reuse my own. That's really like I can't quite tighten it up with a nine volt battery battery in there. It's uh, oh really? Yeah. It's a lot to fit in. I obviously should root out some space in there, but yeah, I think yeah, I just don't think I think I would get a lot of flack from the universe if I put uh, David Gilmore pickup set in a vintage, probably now vintage, made in Japan Paisley Strat. <laughs> um, so well, we'll, have, we'll get you, we'll get you a Squire Strat mat, and we'll do it in that. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just looking on Reverb, and then the first thing that came up was a Hello Kitty uh, <laughs> for six hundred and forty pounds. So oh, there you go. Um, it is mad how much they they those things are going up in price. You know, eighty six oh, yeah. Jet Squire Strat E series, six hundred quid. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, Matt. Spe- speaking of that, um, my uh, my drummer's neighbour found in her attic. The other week, a couple of guitars that belong to her son, who's long since moved out, given up guitar, and she just wants to flog them. And uh, so my drummer, Chris, sent me a couple of pictures of them and said, could you just let her know what what they're worth so maybe she can sell them? One of them was just a a worthless Epiphone Les Paul, an, an, an old one. Right. Probably, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s, but it looked a- absolutely terrible. Forget that one. The other one was a Fender <laughs> Bullet version 1 Telecaster, early 80s. Right. And it was in it was in a bad state. It had like one string on it, and it's it's a bit, you know, it's, it's been kept in an attic for all that time. But it's, it's probably early 80s. And... I mean, I, I said, well, it obviously needs a lot of work, but the fact that I sort of did a little bit of Googling, I found them going for between 450 quid and £1,100 on, on the internet. Mad. That yeah. is absolutely mad, isn't it? Exactly. So I said, look, you know, if you're happy for me to have it for a bit so that I can fix it up and get to record some stuff and play it, I'll... I'll set it for you on, on my own reverb store. And, and also, I'm, I'm actually thinking about making an offer because it's really nice. It's like a soft V-neck, thick, lacquered, soft V-neck, really gorgeous. So, dear listener, if you're not familiar with the Bullet series, it was one of Fender's 80s attempts at making a budget instrument. The body is somewhere in between a Stratocaster and a Telecaster. It's a single cut like a Telecaster, but has a lot of sort of Strati shape 
to the body, I guess, contours, mm. things like that. Two single coils, both, uh, well, uh, straight single coil right in the bridge and an angled single coil in the neck, which is unusual. Telecaster headstock, rosewood neck, three-way pickup selector, volume tone. Here's my favorite thing. When I got it out, I was like, oh, my goodness, the scratch plate is metal. I was like, what? I mean, it's it's red. It's like sonic red with a white plate. And I was like, the scratch plate's metal. Why is this scratch plate metal when this was supposed to be a budget instrument? This weighs a ton. The metal's quite thick. I was like, this is, this is terrible. It's steel. It's a goddamn steel or tin plate. It's not like aluminium. It's not, you know, thin and lightweight like you get on the 57 P bases and strats and things. And then I realized the bridge is cut into the plate. It's all one thing. What? Yeah, have a look, Matt. There's a link oh, yeah. on our thing. The bridge is part of the scratch plate. Sure, okay, dear listener, unless you're looking at one, that's hard to, I guess, imagine. But sure, the the saddles, they're, they're separate. They're obviously mounted into it. But the angled piece of a plate that essentially, you know, is normally screwed into the body on a separate bridge piece is just an angled bit of metal attached to the bottom of the plate. That is so bizarre. You wouldn't you wouldn't get that if you just looked at it. No. Uh, if you're yeah, if you're sat in front of a computer, you do definitely have to look at these. Fender Bullet version one. Yeah. Telecaster S1 1981. Yes. Um I, yeah, that that is a very cool guitar. I'm I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, this um, is it. I kind of think it's not in great condition. Like the guys cut the cover off of the top of the pickup. Uh, and I mean cut it, so it still has the sort of surround, but not the top, which is really weird. I don't know why you would do that. I know, I know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it got caught and it just came off naturally. Who knows? You know, but it's really not in great condition. I've really got to do a lot to it. Like the, I think I'm gonna have to redo the nut as well. But um, oh, and the uh, the three way selector is absolutely stuck. So I'm gonna have to change that too. Probably all the wiring and everything. Right. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna get another cover if I can for that for that neck pickup as well. So it, it certainly won't fetch the eleven hundred pound that the you know the top end ones are going for that come in like their original cases and stuff. But I'll either sell it or I'll make an offer. I'll wait until I can actually hear this guitar plugged in because I know it's budget, but it was budget in the eighties and it's it's got so much vibe to it. Sonic Red's one of my favorite colours and it's cool. It's a telly that's not a telly. It's got like the rosewood neck is very lovely <laughs> by today's standards, you know, where we're in a world of Palfero and Indian laurel. This is a lovely rosewood neck. So I don't know. It's, I'm gonna... um, it is amazing how much that that secondhand market, I thought it had died down, but I just uh, while you were talking, I thought yeah. talking to Strat Mods and, and looking at that and Squires, I was like, I'm going to put Squire Strat into reverb right now for sale used in the UK. Yeah. Uh, there is barely anything cheap on here. Uh, and I mean cheap as in like throwaway cheap. Right. Just an idea of a couple of things. There's four Hello Kitty guitars that are ranging from 550 to £700. <laughs> wow. A Squire Tom DeLong Strat for £700. That is, that is, is that Mark Packham selling that? Uh, is it? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, said, I don't know because he definitely bought one recently and oh, was going to try and flog it for loads of money. Um, so. <laughs> there's a Simon Neal. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Simon the, uh, Neal. Fiesta Red. Um, Simon Neal. Classic vibe. Yeah. For. They were 399 Matt, when they were in GAT because I nearly bought eight. one. 
hundred why i mean it's a good guitar but it's not worth that money no uh it's uh it looks very cool and you obviously can't really get anything like super similar Um, one thing that did catch my eye um is someone selling and i don't remember these but someone selling a 40th anniversary I guess this is relatively new. 40th anniversary Satin Squire Strat. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so this is recent, Matt, the 40th with the, anniversary. Um, brushed, with the brush plate. I think that looks really cool. I normally hate Sunburst, but I'm I'm into that. It, I don't uh, think it's 40th anniversary of the Strat. It's 40th anniversary of, of Squire, of, isn't it? Squire, like yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these are recent. They did they did two different versions of like anniversary model. They did like a like a modern one, um, and they did a vintage one essentially. And weirdly enough, the vintage ones all had satin finishes and andonized plates and often gold hardware. And yeah. they had been photographed very well, but everyone I spoke to said who had seen them in person said that they just looked awful like the satin finishes just don't work on a classic model um, at all because i'm <laughs> i'm I, i've uh alternatively just gone to ebay to have a look and i've put in road worn because i'm like man the squires are that much money I might as well buy a road worn and i'm like yeah. you can actually buy road worn guitars some road worns for less than some of these japanese <laughs> uh squires but equally they are also crazy expensive at this point we might as well just buy a new one <laughs> yeah might as well just buy a new guitar you might as well buy a new squire um yeah there's yeah some just some just some crazy money out there although mm-hmm. someone is selling i've just seen here a blue sparkle vintera no vintera roadworn 50s telly in blue sparkle now that doesn't sound right to me because i'm pretty sure they never did one in blue sparkle that must be the j mascus surely yeah, I would have thought so. A blue sparkle, yeah, it would be the J Mascus. It wouldn't be anything else. Yeah, bottle oh, rocket no. blue Fender Telly. I don't remember that at all. Well, um, oh no, wait, hold on. It's a classic triggers broom here. Oh. Um, <laughs> basically, he's replaced both the neck and the body. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I bought this. It's literally saying it started life as a road worn Telly, then I saw a different body. And then I've put all road worn parts on it, right? And it's and it's two donor guitars that make up one guitar. And I'm like, isn't that just a different guitar? Yeah. <laughs> um, but talking just call of it better. Uh, yeah, talking of mods, Joe. One of the yeah. news things we have put on here. Maybe we should we should we should move into some of the Nam news because yeah yeah absolutely. Related- Time's getting on. There's a related uh, bit of news here regarding modding. In the fact that Seymour Duncan, and this, this is, is insane. This, 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 is, this is the most insane, dear listener. This is not an April Fool's joke. Um, they have made what they are claiming to be the Seymour Duncan Hyper Switch, the first Bluetooth enabled programmable five way pickup selector. Um, now, the, the, they've got a picture of it. The bits that go inside look massive, like really deep and really huge. I'm like, I'm questioning whether or not this even fits in a strat without rooting. But I assume it obviously does. I'm just surprised that it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They never thought about that. Like, so, well, someone's going to put it in a guitar. <laughs> um, 
they yeah i'm I, I agree the picture looks like it's massive but i think they've just inflated the picture slightly they've put it next to an iphone but i don't think for scale yeah i think maybe you're right yeah because because the five-way selector is like half the size of the iphone so yeah, yeah i think that's right. um but yeah interestingly as the as the press uh, article says here you might be forgiven for thinking that product development would follow a similar pattern for for that of the 20th century all magnets wires and windings you just wouldn't have thought that basically it would have ever changed yeah. um that pickups basically are as far gone as you could have gone with a pickup and then Seymour Duncan just go yeah let's make it bluetooth <laughs> so effectively the hyper switch allows you to connect your switch your pickup selector via bluetooth to your phone and then reconfigure your pickups in a multitude of different ways effectively right uh, it's still all passive so it's passive with digital control so kind of similar to what we were talking about with the solderless pickups yeah um but you can yeah mod uh your pickup sounds in real time store presets and recall your favorite sounds and uh it's pretty nuts uh, nuts effectively you can have over a hundred different wiring options so that's out of face split coils parallel wiring and more are all achievable via the hyper switch this is a very cool mo- i love the be the the ability to be able to constantly mod something without even taking the scratch plate off mm it's I mean, they said here, you know, we'll see how it goes, you know, because I don't know if you remember, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but Gibson had something called the chameleon tone uh, way back, uh, way back when, uh, during the robot, robot series towards the end of uh, Henry's reign as uh, CEO. Um, And that was the same thing. It was on the dust tiger. It was on a couple of other bits um, and effectively allowed you to reconfigure the pickups and everyone just went, but I just want bass, middle, treble, effectively. Um, So who knows um, if it will take off. But I, for one, am interested. Yeah, I think it it, it looks like a... a, I think it's an extremely cool idea. What I want to do is see it kind of working properly in something. I don't want to get too wrapped up into this when I was so critical of like, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head there. We hated 2015 Gibsons, but we're screaming about this. You know, so I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I want to make sure that it's a great product. But it does seem like it could be really cool. So uh, I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait. And I, see. I like the idea. I mean, you know, one. There's a couple. Yeah, I mean, they're saying I think because it's solderless, so effectively you can put any pickups in it. Yes. Yeah. So it's a powerful, active five-way blade that is compatible with most pickups and configured via your smartphone. Um, paired with the intuitive interface, a player with three humbuckers will be able to configure their pickups in hundreds of different ways. So I guess if you've got three single coils in there, you're probably a little bit more limited because obviously there's only a certain amount of configurations you could have that you wouldn't already be... Because I'm guessing you couldn't really say, but you wouldn't be able to have... I wonder if you could do like some of that Burns Wild Dog stuff. I guess not. Like, you know, the thing where you have like the lower half of the neck pickup and the upper upper half of the bridge pickup. Yeah, I don't think it will allow you to do that because the, the that, it's, that's, it's it would need the windings wide. to be. Yeah, and yeah. wires from the, the pickups, I guess. So, um, 
Yeah, I guess they're sort of trying to get at someone who's got two or three humbuckers. Although saying that, oh no, I was like saying that the video is someone using it with a strap. I think they've got the Dave Murray pit guard in it, which has got oh really three humbuckers. Yeah. Um, but just while on the Seymour Duncan website, it just loaded a product that I forgot they made that actually for humbuckers is super cool. And I'm, I remember selling a couple and then no one ever talks about it, but the triple shot mounting ring for humbuckers What's that? that added two switches to the plastic mounting ring for oh, Les yeah. Paul style guitars that then allowed you to split or put your humbuckers in series or parallel without changing any of the knobs for push pulls or anything like that. I remember this. Um, I thought that's really cool. I was like, that's actually a really cool idea. I'm like, I'm surprised you don't see that on more guitars. I'm, I'm surprised that more guitars don't license that out. Actually, that is um, that is a really cool product. Yeah. That is, that is uh, but yeah, that's cool. the first bit of Madman, <laughs> Madman news. It is, um, it is. I would love to see it in action. I would love to mod a guitar with it in. How much would you use it? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it depends. I think people like us, Matt, probably would use it a whole bunch. Like, I, I'm pretty fickle, so I'd probably be changing it regularly. But if you're just looking for a sound, maybe this isn't for you. But yeah, obviously. I can see. I can see maybe a studio. Yeah, yeah. want to wire something up in a studio. Maybe for a studio guitar, it might be quite a good thing. But otherwise, yeah, you're probably not going to use it. Exactly. Now, now. Well, it's that that sounds like the question duck, Matthew, which means it's time for us to let our listeners know that after we finish this podcast, the regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, Matt and I will head over to Patreon to patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, where we will do the Patreon exclusive episode where each week we take questions or discussion points from the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. Do join it, dear listener, if you're not already there, but obviously, you know, also join the Patreon so you can listen to their stuff. Anyway. Regardless, this week, um, we've got a few things that we were going to talk about. Like, uh, I saw someone share the Epiphone exclusive run of 58 Karina Moderns, and then the Modern get poo-pooed by other people as if this was a bad <laughs> decision for Epiphone to have made to reissue it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm being semi-serious here. I understand that it is an absolute marmite of a guitar, the Modern, but it got me thinking. I was like... Damn, the the problem for me with the Modern is that it's three grand, or you know whatever the Gibson one is. When it was released by Epiphone, it was six hundred quid, and I was like, I probably would take a punt on that for six hundred quid. So it kind of made me want to talk with Matt about some of the weirder Gibsons, which that we would love that we would actually purchase. Not just talking about weird Gibsons, we've done that loads, but the weird Gibsons that we would actually purchase were they reissued by Epiphone made it affordable prices so we'll probably talk about that brandon ivy has also just purchased the new the the it's not new the 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 deep ogin the thorpey chorus and he said that like distortion and fuzz chorus is one of those things that he can never have enough of i for what i'm going for a big chorus phase at the moment um just rewired my pedal board got the uh um, got the boss Wazacraft Dimension Chorus back on there as an always on. Like that's oh. my that's my neat sound now. 
And uh, it, my neat sound is always drive, and then I go down to a clean. So the chorus pedal is my drive now, my first stage oh, of drive. Like well, yeah, you get a nice little bump off of a chorus, and especially off of the dimension chorus if you use, like, because you can couple up some of those buttons. If you use, like, three and four together, you get a really thick chorus, and it's mm. a... It's actually running that into a hot amp. Yeah, like, that is a great sound for just thick, full. Anyway, I'm I'm going off point. Anyway, I wanted to talk on the Patreon about pedals we can't get enough of, effect types that are maybe less normal that we could never not have on, or at least never not have as a big part of our pedal board. And then also, Matt and I, maybe we'll probably end up just talking about this, Matt, but. Uh, Jake Gray had posted a lovely shell pink humbucker loaded rosewood necked FSR Squire Telecaster that's on the Andertons website at the moment. And I'm sure plenty of places in the States have got some wonderful Squire FSR. Squire continued to make wonderful limited runs of really interesting guitars. And he'd said that there are some naughty FSR squires on the Andertons site at the moment, including some lovely baritones and this one. So um, me and Matt went and checked out what was going on over at Andertons. And there were some amazing FSR squires. So we wanted to kind of talk through those. But that's what we're going to be doing on Patreon after this. Let's try and crack on with some news because, you know, we still still loads. Where do you want to go? What do you want to go next? We'll do one more news thing, then we'll do topic of the week, then we'll come back to some more news after that. Um, shall we talk about? I'm going to talk about the things that I like, Joe. Um, why don't we talk about the Lizard Queen? The Lizard Queen. I thought you'd go for the New Sterlings, but this is so much more. I nearly did, but um, this is this is the most interesting this one. Something, this is something new and something from Electro Harmonics that is also brand new and. I think it's got a cool story behind it, and it sounds really, really good. Really good. Um, yeah, the Lizard Queen is the brand new Octave Fuzz from... Octave Distortion, officially. Octave Distortion, rather. Weirdly. That's what it says uh, on the pedal. Octave Fuzz is the how pedal. they call it, what they call yes. it. Yes. Um, by Electroharmonics and JHS, for people. Um, so... For people who follow the JHS website, it's probably no massive surprise, but quite a few months ago, maybe even last year now, Josh um, did a video with another guy who's a friend of his called Daniel Danger, who's a graphic designer, but also an electroharmonic collector in the US. And they basically designed a brand new 1970s electroharmonics pedal. So taking in the kind of thoughts and themes and designs and you know, thinking if they were an engineer in electroharmonics in New York in the 1970s and what they'd have access to. And they designed this circuit and they made a big box version of it. And then from that, they actually took it to electroharmonics who then said, well, we'll make it then. And yeah. <laughs> that's what they've done. Um, so, yeah, this is an original design by Josh of JHS and the graphic designer of Daniel Danger as a homage to electroharmonics in what Josh and Daniel consider the company's design heyday of the 1970s. So it said, they say a octave fuzz is a nano-sized version of the pedal that brought to life by the engineers at electroharmonics. So that's important so, to note, dear listener. This is they've put it in an accessible, an accessible nine-volt controlled, you know, normal box, normal, mm. the, the nano-sized box, which is the regular size pedal for today. Yeah um us uh what they're saying here us street price 99 
dollars. Yes. I mean, that's that's the best thing about all the nano box stuff from Electroharmonics is you're still getting great quality. You're still getting fantastically built pedals, wonderful designers, incredible sounds, and a fantastic price. And they yeah. are just getting, I, I feel, almost underrated in light of the amount of boutique builders there are. But this this is a wildly great pedal for 99 bucks. The um the uh, yeah and I mean you just have to go and listen to the the demo that they've done. Yeah. Um, I mean the big box one looks super cool. I think it was a lot I, more money. The big box one. Yeah, I just I didn't actually realize they're making a thousand pieces uh, of the big box one, and I don't even know where you could buy it from. Uh, I thought they already did that. I thought that was part of shortly after the video. They didn't release oh, it with it? Electro Harmonics. It was released that they called it like faux harmonics or something like that. Right. Um, and just did I, it as JHS. Yeah, I, just, I just saw the, the main one. Not even sure where you can get the normal one from though. Doesn't seem to be any dealers in the UK right. listing it. It'll now. turn up. It'll turn up. Post NAM it'll be here. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, very cool. Very very cool. So I, my um, only problem with this is it's a fixed fuzz. So the control, you get a volume, the octave, and a balance, which is, you know, yeah, an, an EQ, essentially. Um, and the demo points out how well it works with guitar volume, which is fantastic if you use guitar volume, which I do not a lot. Um, I get different sounds out of octave fuzzes by, you know, by either having a spluttery fuzz, by not not having the fuzz control up very much, or by having a really full bore fuzz by timing it. And that's not something you can do with this pedal. So I do feel like you have to like the sound because that is the sound. Yeah, sure. They they show lots of things that it can do. Even on the Electroharmonics website, they're like five different demo sounds. So I'm obviously talking out of my buttocks. <laughs> but but I, I felt like for me, I was like, well. Uh, maybe I just need to learn how to use these controls, I guess. This is my fault, not theirs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I like that. I do like that idea. Um, and there's a few pedals like that out there on the market. But, yeah, you don't see it as much, do you? Um, but I think it will be I think it will be fine. I've also just seen all of the pictures they've posted of the big box one. Um, and they've made up some other electroharmonics pedals, I think. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Yeah, they've made up some other ones that never came out. I'm into this. Yeah. I want one. It's very cool. I think it's... <sighs> few few things have been more exciting than this. It sounds fantastic. It's very cool to see JHS and Electroharmonics hooking up together. Uh, it, great sounding pedal, amazing price. Everyone should buy one. I'm sure everyone will. You know, who doesn't like Octave Fuzz? So this is, this is very cool. Now, before we uh, before we move on to the next news article, I want to talk about the topic of the week. Now, dear listener, each week we spin a wheel that consists of the names of all of our top tier Patreon supporters. I select a name, they get to choose a topic that Matt and I will discuss on each week's podcast. A couple of weeks ago now, Suresh one Suresh has got back to me and let me know what he wants us to speak about it's a good topic so we're going to talk about that in a minute but before we do we need to decide who's going to get to choose the topic next week and we can only do that by spinning the wheel so let's do that now
There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the wheel has been spun. The winner has been selected. It is Barry Gresbick, <laughs> the mastermind behind Gres Guitars. He has won this hey. week's wheel spin. Well done, Barry. Well done. I'll be his, in touch. His, um, his prize is to send me a Gres guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already have one, Matt. I know, but... Uh, but- no, you, two you want one as well. well okay okay two fine better than one fine fine well i'll reach out to barry and we'll get a topic for him to discuss on next week's episode now suresh said suresh got hold of me and he said i need some help with a simple home setup where i'm from my apartment is tiny and quickly overrun by my guitars amps pedals and cables i love those amps but i hate the clutter can you recommend a good cabless computerless setup for the study slash bedroom that would minimize all the plugging and unplugging for those days where I just want to sit down and play. Any advice for a good set of small monitors, an attenuator, a mixer for other instruments that also require monitors to go with the guitar amp heads of choice and those endless confusing cable options. There you go. A fair, a fair chunk of stuff. This is a, a whole setup, really, for minimizing but maximizing a home setup, Matt. Mm. Um, now it does sound like Suresh wants to take advantage of the gear he has. So I do feel like what we're what we're looking for here are tools to enhance what he has, but quietly. Which there are plenty of options for that. But before we do that, I mean, you know, I, I kind of feel like it goes without saying that we should talk about what great options you can have by bypassing your amps completely. And of course, Matt, you know, uh, I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to talk about how great Wazza headphones are because we haven't spoken yeah. about them in a long time and they are very good. Yeah, we haven't spoken about them in a long time. And I still use mine regularly and I think they're they're just they're just really good fun and not for the moving your head and the gyro the gyro thing and that it's more the overall sound experience that every time i dial in like a particular sound it just has a life and quality to it that just makes you want to play more um so anyone who is unaware they are effectively a wireless pair of headphones so the amp and everything is built into the headphones and you have a transmitter that plugs into your guitar and they do make playing at home and practicing a lot more, I think, a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable. But they're kind of a one-to-one pairing because everything's in the headphones. You yeah. could put the transmitter at the end of a pedal board and you could plug your guitar into and that into your pedal board and then the transmitter will transmit your pedal board into the headphones. Um, but The backing I track think- thing was the thing for me that got me. Yes, because you obviously you can play backing tracks and then... Um, off of it, your phone, dear Lister. Like you find a backing yeah. track on on Spotify, run that through the headphones, and then play along to it. Find you know blues, twelve bar blues in D, and then play along to it. You know it's it's great, quick, easy, good for learning. I feel <laughs> you know as yeah, well. And, like, it, and, it, and it sounds like um, it sounds like you're in the room, so it feels a lot more realistic to play. Um, and that's the great thing about playing backing tracks is because it adds in a room ambience and a, a virtual stage that feels like the band's behind you. And yeah. it just it connects you a lot more with the music you're playing rather than everything you do, just sit on top of all the other music. You're sort of a lot more in the mix, as it were. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so they, I'm, I'm very good. Oh, sorry, Joe. I no, thought you were going to add in something else. No, there. I wasn't. I was just saying they they are great. They're they're really good. I think it's it's almost you know like I said, it's not quite what Suresh was after because I think he wants to make the most out of his gear. But I will say, Suresh, if you don't have the, if you're looking for ease in your front room and you just want to make the most out of your guitars, this is this is a wonderful solution. Mm. I. I'm trying to think of other easy ways to fix the problem that they have in terms of. So I've got guitars, I've got amps, I've got pedals, I've got cables. Hate all the clutter, but want a cabless, computerless setup. Well, the t- the two notes Captor X is is the thing that's screaming out to me. That that's you know, you run that. Uh, you can run ahead into into that as as a as a load box. So you know your all valve heads fine. You're mm. Running your pedal board into your head, that's fine. You've got your guitar in front of that, and the two notes Captor X. You can plug in. You can actually run it w- without the cab sims, um, just as a a direct box, even uh, not plugged in, which is quite nice. But for this purpose, you know, plugged in, you're running that onto headphones has a nice space control that allows you to add in some natural sounding reverb just loaded up off the box itself without needing a computer or anything like that you've got six built-in presets the presets that come with it are fine honestly people go too far with cab sims what like what do you want you want an open back 212 or a closed back <laughs> you know like it's just, come on yeah it doesn't flip in there but um I mean- Interestingly, Anderson's did a video recently where they were like amp head into a two note into two Genelex to right. monitors. Right. Uh, and it sounds really good. And I've got a similar setup here with a couple of Genelec 8010s. Um, and again, do want to do a similar thing with a load box so I don't always have to plug into the cabs, but you've always got something plugged into a computer. Um, I don't think you could probably find the picture on Facebook anymore in the Guitar Nerds group, but hands ams. Uh, wonderful member of the group who's been there. Oh, his setup is time. is a dream. He he runs. He's got a really cool, like minimalist setup, which is basically a custom built kind of shelf unit, um, all in white that he has a Kemper plugged into, and then out into two monitors, and it's really minimal and it's really cool. And yeah. I think you could do something similar with a couple of monitors, and. Um, yeah, and something like a like a two notes. Absolutely. Um, ultimately, to cut the clutter, um, I always tend to find just one thing that I did recently, or at least probably a couple of years ago, was just go. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work out how many jack cables I need, how long I need them for home, and then I'm going to go and buy X amount of all of the same brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I did that obviously. Um, boss make really good cables so i just went i'm just gonna buy a load of boss ones so i've just not got like a random stag one and then like another one you found down the back of the sofa and then like a really good one you picked up from somewhere and just like not make sure they're not all 20 foot or 30 foot um in terms of like because i'm also someone who hates clutter that to me is something i do a lot of and then i just buy velcro cable ties and cable tie all together and sort of make your own sort of little cable snake um to keep the clutter away from from that point um but yeah there isn't really anything that you could plug into unless the other thing you could do joe is buy something like 
a Strymon Iridium or a Boss IR200, put that at the end of your pedal chain, then you could have headphones coming direct out of the back of your pedal board. Yeah, that's, that's just true. Guitar into pedal board and then headphones um, into um, headphones into into the into the IR200, and then yeah, you've basically just got those two things together. That might cut the clutter, and it would make things super simple. And you could change the amp sounds and all that sort of stuff as well. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this product a bit more over the next coming weeks when I've had more time to record with it. But uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this. But the Sakalis Audio Works, um, they make a product called the Multicab Four, and it is like my dream product. It's someone's gone, hey, you know how everyone wants cab sims and quiet stages, but not everyone wants to bring a computer or some pedal with a big interface and a million options, you mm. know. And some people don't like digital stuff, so this is. The Multicab 4 is very simple. You have a massive rotary knob on the front that gives you eight presets. And then you've got four big switches that that control whether you are using a ribbon mic, a dynamic mic, or both. Your cab is open back semi or closed back. Um, your, your power amp is 6L6 EL34 or off completely. And the preamp is running hot, clean, or off completely. It then gives you an ambience control, similar to the space control on two notes. So some natural reverb and a simple volume control. And it's all, <laughs> there's no screens, just big, massive, clunky, well-built knobs. It is a guitar cab creating and preamp creating because it's got that simple preamp on the front end. Mm. It's a pedal that goes on your board that's never going to break, that's actually giggable, you know, the, unlike the, the bulk of the ludicrous cab sims that are around today. It's 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 robust, it's proper, and it's built like a tank. Um, and you know has a has a nice little headphones out as well for you to for you to use at home. I, I think it's it's. I want to talk about it more because I think it's one of the best products for the way guitar is going. But for people who don't necessarily want a sci-fi, you know, Star Trek Enterprise on their yeah. pedalboard. Yeah, I think there's there's quite a few cool options to do that sort of thing now that do it in a sort of almost analog way as well as a digital way. Um, so that, that could be a good option. It just depends how much you're in love with your amplifier. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, That's for it, me, yeah. like I wouldn't really want to lose the amp, but I, yeah. I'd, I'd sacrifice that with a, you know, two notes or a was a tube amp expander and run into monitors. Cause I yeah. want the amp sound, but if you're not tied to the amp sound, there's a lot of, other choices for for pedalboard more pedalboard friendly stuff that would really reduce the overall thing i underestimate the tube amp expander actually i always talk about the two notes just because it's so small it's so convenient i mine sits on top of one of my monitors at my desk and that's great that's really convenient but you know if you're trying to use a head anyway you, you it's not going to take much more effort to put the was a tube amp expander on top of that head you get yeah, a lot more from it and it's a uh, it's an incredible piece of kit. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So, yeah, there's, there's. Hopefully, that's answered, answered the question a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> a little. But there's bit, loads, yeah. there's loads of cool stuff. But there's great practice tools. I mean, you could go as cheap as a Mustang Micro and just plug a guitar into a pair of headphones, or you could go down the route of, you know, monitors, or you can meet somewhere in the middle and just use your pedal board with a little pedal board amplifier. Yeah, 
absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we are coming towards the end of this uh, podcast episode, dear listener. Before we go, I want to talk about a couple of things. I got sent a load of stuff this week. So I put a, a picture up on the Facebook group of all the all the pedals I got. But the two that I've had a real chance to get my head around this week are firstly... The, uh, sorry, I just wanted to grab it. The uh, the Earthquaker Devices Aurelius Chorus pedal, well, Chorus stroke vibrato stroke rotary pedal. It can do all of those things and it has presets and it sounds absolutely amazing. It is a gorgeous, thick, lush, incredible, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sounding chorus. I cannot emphasize it. How much, how great this uh, pedal sounds. Um, I, we got that, and I was very excited to receive from Solid Gold their new Beta Five bass preamp pedal. In oh, yeah, a few people talk about that. Yeah, it's, well, it's great because it's just in a normal chassis. They've simplified controls. Sorry, I'm grabbing this one as well. They've simplified controls because on the last Beta, it was a larger pedal. They had lots of little switches that did things that moderately adjusted sound, and you know, I like that they've simplified things to just a. A low-pass filter, volume drive, presence, and body. And then they've given like a little frequency switch in the middle. But using the presence and the body control, especially, you can get some real depth. You can move kind of from that solid-state acoustic 360-style bass amp sound to more of an a traditional SVT-style bass amplifier sound. It sounds fantastic. So what I did is I, I used both of these pedals to make a little track. I'm using the chorus... And the vibrato, I'm using the chorus for the bulk of the rhythm guitars. It's in- incredibly lush. Vibrato for the lead guitars and the Beta 5 for the bass. Admittedly, there's not a lot of bass going on on this track. And I, I will get to- into depth with this pedal. But literally, I came home from Easter break today and these pedals were all here. And I was like, oh, I, I, I should try and make something with them. And these were the two that I you know, spent a little bit of time with. Here's the track. See what you think, dear listener and Matt. This is, uh, yeah, this is how good these pedals can sound. bass bit at the end but i just didn't bother re-recording it. It. <laughs> um that sounds wicked um i'm really glad you used it in a way that wasn't purple rain because <laughs> what i always do with chorus and i was like oh I'll just you know blast out this like purple rain type thing and um you know i, I thought it was great i really like that sort of 
sort of fast, sort of more whirly one that sort of had almost like a rotary sort of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, super impressed. I thought it sounded great. I, I think it's great. It sort of does all in one. The fact that it's got presets on there and a little expression out to be able to select those is very, very handy. Um, it's, it's a really, really good sounding course, really thick, really lush. It's got a lot of different options on there as well, isn't it, in terms of the type of course you can have. Like, it does go a bit more extreme and do a few other bits. Um, I started to watch the the video that Jamie Stillman did on on Sweetwater, and it's just amazing that we've seen so many chorus pedals already (laughs) this year. Yeah, was it was last year, Year of the Rat, or was that the year before? Yeah, I think it was last year. So this year is is certainly like the year of the chorus. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, um, Matt and I, dear listener, are going to head over to the Patreon exclusive episode now. We're going to we're going to go record that. You can join us there. You can join you can join the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. If you want to get in touch with me and Matt about anything, if you want to give us some jokes to tell on the podcast or if there are some brands you think we should be checking out, we should be talking about, then, you know, feel free to reach out you can email us at info at guitarnerds.com reach out to us on facebook dm us on instagram however you want to get in touch but you know do reach out we're here i'm literally sitting at a desk all day i'm waiting for you guys to get in touch with me so do that anyway we're uh we're going to head over to patreon we're going to talk about these epiphones we're going to talk about these these Andertons FSRs. We're going to talk about Chorus some more, probably. Maybe we'll even squeeze in a couple more new NAM releases. We'll see. But um, thank you very much for listening, dear listener. And Matt and I will be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. you dear listener for listening to another episode of the guitar nerds podcast but thank you most of all to all of our top tier patreon supporters without you none of this would be possible thank you to marcus deluxe scott guitars suresh dorsonic pickups chris franklin anton fryant rust Nihan, barry grisbeck steve davis daniel walker joet brown John Conaway, The Studio Rats, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Mark Hizau Kanawaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pete Andy Manley, Simon Milbourne, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Loseth, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordwick, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.